Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. <laughs> Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I just said to John Shipman off mic, we need like a Tom Ridge or a Dick Thornburg or a Robert Casey Sr. Bad. Somebody who's a natural born administrator that. Uh, and uh, when they say they're pro-life, they really are. And when they say that they're going to do something, they do it. Um, so, all right, well, to be continued. Welcome on board, everybody. It is WKOK's live telephone talk show on the market. It's Friday. Rob Center is our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. So we always appreciate his help and hard work. He took care of us during Sunrise this morning. He is why the Sunrise podcasts are all over. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pop- Pocket Podcasts. Bob's podcast, if there is such a thing, there probably is somewhere out there. So uh, that's where those uh, are now populated. And uh, I'm Mark Lawrence, of course, subpar host of the show. I portray a bad liberal on the radio. Actually, I should say I badly portray a good liberal. I'm trying to play a good one, but I don't really do that well at it. So to that end, uh, and we'll introduce a genuine conservative here. Real free thinker is not in uh, sort of marital lockstep with everything Republicans do or President Trump did or uh, anything any other person does. He's a free thinker and ultra smart. Uh, Mr. John Shipman is back. Business person, still a business person, right? Correct. Doing less of it than you did in years ago. An ultra volunteer in Sunbury and uh, did a lot of things. And um, Did you ever do any jobs in Sunbury or volunteer work or SRI or Spark or anything where they gave you a stipend? No. <laughs> I, you don't You know, you know. do do that uh, for, for pay. I, I, I got paid when I was on city council, of course, 250 bucks a month. And I worked about uh, 60 hours a month, so I got mm-hmm. about $2. Well, yeah, treasure. Uh, uh, director of accounts and finance. Account. Okay, that's right. Which yeah, the tr- is the elected. Yeah, the, wa- the treasurer takes care of the money and writes the checks and so forth. Uh, the director of accounts and finance is the, is the fiscal watchdog who looks over the departments, makes sure that they're spending within their budget, uh, uh, basically creates the budget uh, for the next year in in conjunction with the other the mayor and the other council people. But uh, the, the, basically is, is the uh, person who's charged with making sure that the that the city is adhering to what they said they were going to do in budget-wise. And right, so and not going way over, I think, right. is sort of it. Well, and I think, you know, that's funny that you had mentioned the spreadsheets. Uh, Sam Shikatano was here yesterday, and he talked about he does that at the county levels, follows the spreadsheets, and then, well, it's probably all on computers, but I'm sure he wants some of it printed out so you can keep, you know, keep tabs on things. There's a segment of our population that's never seen these spreadsheets or looked at them or talked about them or monitored them, or they might know about a home budget, you know, you can't go over. But uh, there's a secret in those numbers about how 
people and businesses and uh, governments behave and spend and take in money. Don't a- you think? Absolutely. Uh, when you look at the federal budget, okay, uh, we're supposed to have people in the federal level who are watchdogs on that. Unfortunately, we don't have so many of those anymore. Uh, state level, uh, you've got auditor generals and so forth that are are charged with making sure that the money is being spent like it's supposed to be spent and so forth. But uh, the further away you get from the local, the less responsible government becomes. You can talk mm. to your mayor, you can talk to your council people, uh, and you can say, what the heck are you guys doing? Uh, so when you were on council, you talked to individual private citizens from time to time about these spreadsheets and things you were seeing? All the time. They would say, you know, how, how come we have this debt? Or and one of the things, you know, when I went when I went on council, we, the city was a million dollars in debt. Uh, over the next six years, we paid that debt off just by counting every penny and so forth and being careful. We don't have that responsibility at the state or federal level anymore. There used to be conservatives in both the Democratic and Republican Party who were fiscal watchdogs and said we're not going to spend this money and if we you know we're not going to continue to add to the burden. When Barack Obama became president, we were about 10 trillion dollars in debt. Now, 16 or 17 years later, we're 30 trillion dollars in debt. We have tripled the federal debt, your debt, my debt, not my debt, my grandchildren's debt, and my great grandson. My great grandson. I have a great grandson now. Okay. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, he's he's nine months old, and he's the joy of our life. But uh, my great grandson is going to be paying off what we're spending now because I'm never going to pay it off, and you're never going to pay it off. Well, at the present rate, they are not going to pay it off. You know, they just keep borrowing. Yeah, and it's funny because Janet Yellen was on TV over the weekend, two different channels, two different shows, and kept talking about how she's still hoping for some investments by the Biden administration, uh, some you know, this mini Build Back Better, and then plus the new tax deal that they signed now. It's funny how whenever she says invest, we divest somebody else. You bet. I mean, the, the government doesn't make any money. The government redistributes money. So the government, uh, or prints money, but the government doesn't create any money. Uh, if you go to work for Sunbury Broadcasting, Sunbury Broadcasting is expected to create a profit, okay? If you go to work for General Motors or Walmart or whoever, they are expected to generate a profit. Now you take your costs of goods and your cost of payroll and, and, and rent and light and so forth, and at the end of the year, you're expected to generate more income than your expenses are. The federal government never does that, mm-hmm. and they don't pr- they don't produce any goods. They don't produce really any services. All they do is redistribute wealth, and we need to understand it. So, redis- so if somebody's getting something, you're paying for it, and I'm paying for it, and that's the reality. Uh, it depends on who's paying and how much you're paying, and that's what the argument is all about in, in Washington. Well, we always hear about uh, we should run government like a business, but I go to find local businesses where I'm paying more now, but uh, my taxes didn't go up 9% or 18% or so 
going. You know, I went to a fine local business the other day, and uh, he has dozens of employees, but the owner was at the front counter. And one day, his wife was at the front counter because they couldn't find workers. And I said, how are you doing? And I've been busy lately. He said, well, he, you know, put his elbows down on the counter and says, well, we're in the black. Okay? Are you happy? Well, you are paying for it because Shikolimi School District had a $2 mil increase again this year. Shikolimi School District has the highest taxes in our county and the next to the worst student performance in our county. So we're certainly not getting what we pay for uh, from the Shikolimi School District. How could we avoid that? <clears throat> this is a real roundtable discussion you weren't expecting here, but how could we, if, if you were on the Shikolimi School Board, if you were king, scratch the school board, if you were king, what could you do at the district? Well, I think that there's there's some things you can do. Uh, first of all, uh, when I went to school, you expected to have 23, 24, somewhere between 20 and 25 students in a class. Uh, w- now we have all these various classes, and some of them have only a handful of students, uh, and so we're paying a, a teacher uh, the same salary uh, to teach nine kids as we are to have that same teacher's teach 22 kids, which means we have more teachers than we used to have and more staff than we used per to have. Per person. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so so that's part that of it. And then, of, of course, Shikolimi has this passionate need to build new buildings. So we're building another, under, you know, we've, we've built... In the lab, we've built the Beck School, which is now abandoned virtually. Uh, we, be, we built Chief Shikolimi. We built a new middle school over in Northumberland. We've put two additions on the high school in the last... And the Island Park is still ours. Now the Island Park is still there. Yeah, I mean, so the, the, uh, we just seem to have this penchant to spend, spend, spend. But the community... I'll defend the district for a second here. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Let's just get that out of the way. But... Um, the town is different. Uh, yeah, the district's maybe uh, composite <coughs> scores are different, but there are certainly still some superlative kids going through the school, but uh, many come from different different homes where education's not a priority, performing at school, attendance isn't a priority. I'm not disparaging the, t- the teachers and so forth. Uh, I-, I agree with you completely. There was a day when I was in school and you were in school when your dad and my dad said, if you get a licking in school, you're going to get another licking when you get home. And now if a teacher tries to discipline a child, the parent is in the, in the principal's office screaming. So I-, I don't envy teachers. They have a really tough job to do today. And you're correct. We have tremendous diversity uh, in our school system in Shikolimi, uh, more so, so than some of the other districts in our area. And uh, different population groups have sort we all have the same basic needs, but we have different priorities, okay? Well, that's you know, what it is. And, and so it's, it's hard. And I'm not, I'm just saying it, that cost-wise, Shikolimi, we're paying a lot for for what we would hope would would be better results. Be, be better results. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, can a school district overcome parents for whom education isn't a priority? You know, I I I, I counter that by saying that there are inner city charter schools where if you don't produce, you go back to the public school. And those inner-city kids are stellar. There's no excuse to say, well, they're of this ethnicity, so they they can't do it. Yes, they can do it. They need the right 
lady the right environment and uh, a lot of these inner city charter schools vastly outperform the public schools so there has to be some kind of an issue at the public school system and I don't know what that is I, I have some suspicions I do know that most charter schools are not unionized. Um, union unions have work rules, uh, which sometimes. Uh, and do kids pay extra to go to a charter school? In, no, in some of these cases, are no, because it's their public schools. Uh, they're public schools, uh, but they have a charter, and they have uh, usually. Even a public school, there are outstanding public schools, but it starts at the top. And if you don't have, you know, good management at the top, if you don't have a good superintendent and you don't have good principals and so forth and so on, um, people that are really dedicated, it makes a difference. And, and time, and time uh, again, has shown that, that public education doesn't have to be a failure, uh, but if you don't pay close attention, it will become a failure. Well, and I have an observation about people leaving uh, some of the best and brightest to families in Sunbury, leaving Sunbury. And the way that they did it, they didn't say, okay, well, here it is, 19, what is it, 2021 or 2022. Uh, academic performance at Shikolami is not what I want it to be, so I'm going to Danville. That's not how they do it. This happens over the generations. Over the years, the kids move out, and they make sure that they don't come back to Sunbury, and they make sure they do land in a Danville or a Lewisburg or a Ceylon School where the academics are there. Exactly. I think that that's uh, what's happened to 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 uh, Shikalimi over the years. It's been gradual. It, this hasn't been, and people don't just move. A few do. A few say, "I can't do this anymore. I'm finding a new place, and I'm mm-hmm. moving my family to Shemokin Dam or Hummel's Wharf or somewhere else because I want in Seals Grove, or I'm moving to Lewisburg and so forth." But that's you're right. It's usually a tr- uh, slow uh, motion. It's a slow motion. It's a t- transition over two or three generations. And if you look at Sunbury uh, back in the '50s, all of the well-known families in Sunbury or in in the area lived in Sunbury. You know, the Rays and the Derricks and the Weisses and and all of those, uh, you know, the the upper crust, if you want to call it, lived in in the city of Sunbury. Uh, I don't know that there's hardly any of those left. Well, there's, yeah, there's a few left, yourself included, <laughs> if you don't mind. I don't, I don't fit in that group, okay, unfortunately. Well, you certainly are a leader. All right. Uh, we're gonna, we started out talking about budget spreadsheets that always fascinate me for people who understand them and the fact that they, they move and they evolve while you look at them and people can make that happen. Uh, and then taxes, then schools, then education, then our communities, and that's where we are with John Shipman. So if you'd like to converse about any one of those sort of six interrelated topics there. Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. We have discussed this week all of the hot topics. Uh, you know, maybe changing gun laws. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband's been talked about on our show. I was rebuked pretty soundly yesterday for um, uh, perhaps a short con- a conversation that was shorter than it needed to be with one of our good listeners. S- and that topic, uh, well, the issue was uh, kneeling during the national anthem and uh, Brittany Griner was the topic there. So if you'd like to elaborate on any of these, call us now. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. We will be right back. 
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. we got uh, one call coming in. Two are at the ready. We'll start out with Dan. We've talked out about community and schools and taxes and budgeting. And Dan called us up. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, let me tell you, before I start, I had the great pleasure to meet Mr. John Shipman over Pine Nothers Days on the classic car and hot rod show. It was my pleasure, so, Dan. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah, but a wonderful car there, and great to meet you and your wife in person. And, and what I'm going to talk about is schools, ever since the pandemic, that homeschooling doubled. It doubled from... Two million now it's up to four million of homeschoolers people that thought they were unable to school are learning hey we're able and they they saw the curriculum and what was being done and not being done in the public schools so they decided to take on the task for themselves plus the fact that many people seeing what was being done not being done in the public school system they had their children leave and now they're in a private parochial or Christian or charter school so that's one reason the public schools are suffering such loss and loss of money I agree. Uh, you know, I read this week that New York City schools have lost 30,000 uh, students for this fall term. Now, they have 400 and some thousand, so, I mean, it's it's a big school system. They don't have but, empty classrooms but, anywhere. No, but 30,000. They're losing a lot of, of state funding and federal funding, and uh, the mayor, the new mayor of New York, is really concerned about it. Um, and, and I think you're right. Uh, you know, people go where they think they find quality, and uh, when you can find quality in homeschooling or in a charter, in a charter school, charter schools are public schools uh, that operate outside of the of the public school system, and uh, but they're public schools, and there's no charge, no cost to go there to the to the parents. But there are alternatives, and uh, competition is good. Got that right, Janet. I get some flack for talking about the 50s, but the 50s, in the 50s, when I was in school, we knew who was in charge. 
it was the teachers, the principal, the superintendent were in charge of the school, and and we were there to learn, not to run the school. As I have friends that are teachers, and they, t- you know, they're very limited in what they're able to do far as discipline. Where when I was in school, the authorities had no problem with discipline. And we were there to learn, so it's too bad that the, that it came out the way it is today with this wokeism. Well, I think the schools have changed, plus the towns have changed. You know, uh, John and I just talked about this idea that there's the communities aren't the same. Prioritization of education isn't the same. You know, it used to be that uh, kids had to go to every, almost every kid that we knew on our block had to do their homework and had to try to excel at school. There certainly were some things, people that I would call, and some fellows on our block that were C students, but they had to push and claw and scratch, and they had to perform to sea level and or, or they get in the doghouse you know i had to do that uh, my parents uh, uh you know when you got home from school now my mom was a stay-at-home mom which is pretty traditional back in the 50s she'd say yeah. what okay boys what homework do you have today oh well we don't have yes you do have homework <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way it was at our house and i worked hard to stay a b student i worked awful hard if I got an A, hey, that was a bonus, and you know, so yeah. But you worked at it, right? Time. Yes, it was. All right, and, we got uh, you, Dan. Thank you so much for calling in on the topic have a of great schools. Day and- Great talking with you. Good talking to you, Dan. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Stan is going to go. Mike, we might not get uh, too much to you, but you can either hold through the CBS News uh, or call back. But, Stan, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Okay. Today, I think uh, what I've read is they're going to vote down there in Congress on the H.R. 1808, which is uh, an assault weapons ban of 2022. You know, the first part of the, I read through a little bit of it today, and their mission statement is basically regulate assault weapons and ensure that the right to keep and bear arms is not unlimited. So they keep saying that they're not going to infringe on Second Amendment, but right there in black and white, they're saying they're going to infringe on people's rights. Let me let me just say something there. All, in, in 2020, FBI records show out of out of all gun deaths 454 were caused by rifles. That's all kind of rifles. So that that includes the 22 that you can plink with, and that includes a, a 223 and a 308 and, and whatever's out there. Okay, so 454 out of almost 40,000 gun deaths, 454 are with rifles. This is a red herring. It just uh, to make people feel good. Uh, and secondly. Ninety-four percent of of uh, mass casualty events occur in gun-free zones. So you know it, that doesn't make sense what they're trying to do. This is just the first step to banning guns altogether. Well, absolutely, that's what it is. It's not about gun control; it's about people control. And and, and they, you know, you disarm the civilians, the population, and then they, the government can do whatever they want. Now. In this bill, supposedly, they're going to grandfather guns in. You know, the stuff that's already owned by the date that if it, if it, if it wins approval, that date. 
there's you know, anything that was owned before that, you can keep and do and sell and trade and do whatever with, according to the bill. So when that doesn't work and they have more than their mass shootings, then what are they going to do? Then they're going to come and say, well, we got to change that. But, you know, I expect no less from the Democrats, uh, just the way they are. But they're also trying to push through H.R. 2814, which is basically, you know, the, the firearms exempt uh, companies, manufacturers have exemption from being uh, sued for criminal misuse of firearms. All right. This, that law wants to change that. You know, I'm sorry. If a criminal picks up any tool and uses it in a crime, the criminal is responsible for that, not the manufacturer of the tool. You know, if it, and when the guy ran through the parade in Wisconsin, are they going to go after Ford? Because I believe he was driving a Ford uh, Explorer. Is they going to charge uh, go after Ford for murder because he killed a bunch of people? No, they won't because <laughs> it's not their fault. We agree. All right. You know, so that's the crap they're pulling, and uh, it's not going to get any yeah, better anytime soon. Well, straight. these are messaging bills, correct? Well, and they're not going to pass. Well, they're anti-freedom bills, Mark. Right. And but they, they may message. message all they want, but they're lying with their message. I've seen it some clips right. of some of the statements in the, uh, the, the, the Judicial Committee. Oh, my goodness. The crap that they were putting out there on the airwaves? Yeah, oh, lies, lies, and more lies. I don't see Joe Manchin <laughs> voting soon to curtail any rifles. Just my well, guess. Well, but uh, well, that's yet to be determined. Hey, he wasn't going to vote for you know, the Green New Deal crap that they're trying to push through now, and then now all of a sudden he's changed his mind, and they're going that want to do that. From my understanding, evidently with reconciliation, because they wouldn't be worried about him because they'd have to get a bunch of Republicans to approve if the filibuster was going to be used. Correct. Correct. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. It. That. This is a. This is a budget bill, and as a budget bill, they don't have to do reconciliation. It can be on a straight party vote. So they, if they get fifty votes, and uh, Vice President Harris can uh, break the tie, they they don't need to get sixty percent, and that's what's going so on here. So no filibuster can even take place in this. They can fight it. That's correct. That, I thought that was just reconciliation, but okay. All right. So just more crap. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you, you Stan. Much appreciated. All right. You know, it's funny. Their one messaging bill got momentum and got a bunch of Republican votes. Now they're all looking at each other like, now what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, right. All right. To be continued. Mike, stand by. You'll be first up in six minutes from right now. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Our co-host today is John Shipman, fine Sunbury resident. And uh, I talked about the diaspora of uh, young, smart people from uh, Sunbury who have gone elsewhere. What's, what's the number of diasporans that you offsprung in Well, I, I have three daughters, but... Uh, uh, 
two of them uh, still live in the Shikalemi School District. Uh, they live out in the country in the Good. townships right out. I have a daughter that lives in uh, Lan- the Lancaster area. All right, and those of my father's six kids, six or three are still in the Shikalemi School District. So uh, we're, we're stayers for the right. most part. My, my, my uh, brother lives 20 yards from my dad, <laughs> one floor up. So uh, yeah, so we're trying to keep we're trying to keep it going in Sunbury. All right, Mike has been patiently waiting uh, for the better part of 15 minutes probably or so, and he's on the line with us. Now we're going to take him, then we'll do news headlines. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, this is uh, Mike from Bloomsburg. Today I'm sitting in uh, Winfield with my toes in the beautiful, formerly polluted West Branch, and now uh, just a pristine river almost. <laughs> and uh, I want to—I have a, a comment and then a question specifically for John. Now, uh, yesterday or the day before, I heard that rental, uh, available rental units in the United States is basically at historic lows. And I'm just concerned about that, and this will go into my question, that if we have historic lows of rental units and we're bringing in millions of people into this country that need places to live, that's going to put... uh, pressure on rental prices, which you know, ultimately puts pressure on entry-level homes, which then pushes it up even further. So what I'm saying is we have a situation where bringing people across the border uh, illegally or, quote, legally, if they have, have the rights to s- asylum, is going to cause more inflation. Okay, so that's, that's my position there. But you both had mentioned about the federal debt and the increasing number of uh, trillions that it goes up. We talk about trillions now like it's nothing like we used to talk about millions and yesterday for the first time on regular talk radio when i say regular talk radio i'm talking about wkok and and local talk radio stations throughout the area i heard a person call in and voice his concerns about something called the cloward piven strategy john are you familiar with that i am not okay the cloward uh, piven strategy <clears throat> it's named after the two people that were uh, professors in sociology and things like that. And they came up with the theory that the socialists, and and this is how it's interpreted, socialists will not take over the United States unless they are uh, able to increase the size of government, the size of government dependency, and the debt to the point where there's, we just overwhelm it to the point where the dollar collapses and ultimately you have, you know, disorder in the streets and, and, you know, all kinds of chaos that you only see in third world countries now that are taken over by dictators. And that would give the opportunity to, you know, basically have a reset of the country and institute uh, a society that's run by uh, socialism. And, and, and I, I just want to ask you, where do you think we are going with the federal debt at $30 trillion and basically trillion-dollar programs coming out that promise that it's going to reduce the debt, but that never comes to fruition. Do do you think we're on the right track? Do you see any way out of this? Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to just say that that, uh, I agree 100% that that we're moving in that direction. Um, The problem is that, for instance, in the housing, we have not only corporations buying up rental properties, but we have foreign corporations buying up rental properties. And rents have skyrocketed. Uh, 
rents are up 30%. In some cities, they're up 40%, uh, and, uh, like San Francisco, and yet people are fleeing San Francisco. So what happens is one of the things that socialism does uh, eventually is they own all the property and they become your, your landlord. Uh, and the Soviet Union, uh, nobody owned anything, any real property. So the government owned your home. Uh, if you were the premier, of course, you lived in a mansion. But if you were an average working person, you lived in a tenement high-rise. And, uh, you know, you look at China today, that's what they have, tenement high-rises where they can weld your door shut if they don't want you to go out. So uh, it is a problem, uh, and it's better if we have people owning and buying their own homes, but uh, that has been reversed the last seven or eight years. Oh, absolutely, and I can attest to what you just said, because my wife and I just missed out on our dream retirement home. It was just a small ranch, but uh, I'm assuming it was a private equity uh, company that came in, and they bought it, and they want to turn it into a higher-end rental, okay? And uh, I've heard that most of the vacant homes in this state uh, are being purchased by private equity firms, and it's happening all across the country. But do you do you feel, and I don't want to put you on the spot, <laughs> but I'm going to, do you feel that there is a concerted effort, and I'm not going to say a conspiracy, but a group of people within not only our government, but within the elite power structure well, that did. have a vision for this country, <laughs> that this democracy is just not working, and we need to get control of things in a different way? I'll answer yes. I absolutely do. And if you look at at, uh, at Klaus Schwab and uh, all the elite, that's what they envision. That, uh, you know, you have a place to live, you have food on your table, now shut up and be happy. Uh, but, uh, you know, Americans haven't grown up with that. At least my generation didn't. But unfortunately, the younger generations see that as a positive thing. Well, you know, I've got free health care, <laughs> and I'm going to have, uh, you know, a guaranteed rent at my apartment. And uh, so, you know, Oh, that might not be a bad life, and uh, we're tilting that direction. Yep. And I, and the last thing I'll say is I can attest to what you're saying there because I have several friends that basically got out of their countries just ahead of socialist or communist takeover, and they were the first ones to raise the alarms. And right now they are just terrified and essentially shaking in their shoes at what they see happening in this country. Uh, there's a. a a Chinese woman who came here as a 16 or 17 year old who escaped her and her parents escaped China and she's, said, she's been on public television and so forth talking about this and saying you don't understand what it's like to live in those kind of a society and yet people here are embracing that and she's raising the alarm too so I, there's a lot of people concerned. Alright, thank you so much I, Mike. I, I, just one last, last thing I did have the benefit of spending time in mainland China and uh, really being down on the ground level with the people, and I've seen exactly what she's talking about. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. To be continued, 1-800-795-9565, The Great Reset, and Klaus Schwab mentioned on our show, along with rental and housing costs way up. we got a significant housing shortage. Those two go together. Uh, An assault weapons ban. 
communities falling apart, schools and education, taxes, and budgeting spreadsheets would be our topic so far. If you'd like to weigh in on one of those, that's a lot of ground to cover, but uh, we certainly have uh, touched a uh, nerve with some folks and uh, prompted some pretty good questions. We have a great co-host here today, very learned and read up on a lot of these things. So, But he sleeps well at night, right? Yep, you know, okay. you can't worry about it. It's okay. just, it is what it is. All right, to be continued. Uh, that is John Shipman, my good co-host. I am Mark Lawrence, a subpar host of the show. We thank you for uh, listening today on The Mark, is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. If you'd like to comment on our topics, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. You can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Mention the Great Reset. Lots of folks thought the pandemic would be a marvelous opportunity to really advance the great reset this idea of uh, really getting a global economy going and that uh, supposedly raises all ships but uh, sort of neuterifies everybody along the way and if, is that a real word neuterifies uh, i don't know uh, but it's, it, it sounds works. right <laughs> it works and uh, and it's surprising you hear people you wouldn't expect to hear talk about this favorably like the prince of wales or economists at yale or harvard that uh, you know are very learned talk Talking about it like it's a sound idea, and 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 lamenting that this is a missed opportunity now. I understand that, and th- they have been, they have been indoctrinated with so- socialism, with social ideology. Now they're indoctrinating their students with this social, socialist Passing ideology. But the fact of the matter is, you know, uh, uh, Winston Churchill famously said, the the. Uh, uh, that the, the uh, saving uh, uh, grace of socialism is that um, uh, it e- is it ability to equally share the misery. So <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, what what we have, people don't understand. You know, we hear we hear our politicians, we AOC and Bernie Sanders, and oh, we need free this and we need free that, and everything John has to be Fetterman. free. And you, there's if you're if the government the government is big enough to give you everything you want is also big enough to take everything you have. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think uh, this is very much worth discussing, so we'd love to hear your opinion about this. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Equally shares the misery. One of our callers, when we were talking about gay marriage this week, called in and says, there's no reason gays shouldn't be made to suffer like the rest of us, so <laughs> they should be able to marry. I thought, that's not the right reason, okay? <laughs> All right, Sunbury Motor Company, On the Mark, is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. I've been spending a lot of time talking about specific vehicles. I'm going to talk about one in a second. But overview, Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, two locations, 4th Street, Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and very active website, sunburymotors.com. I haven't been on it in about 12 hours or so, asking about this Lightning. I ordered Joe a Ford F-150 Lightning, even paid for it. It's on, it's on a train car in Dearborn, Michigan, waiting for chips. So we get, But next month, well, yeah, August, a couple of weeks, it should be here, so we'll know what it looks looks like. And uh, anyway, but uh, sunburymotors.com, we're monitoring the incoming vehicles, but they got a lot of vehicles. Believe it or don't, there's new F-250 
250s. Now, those are hard to come by, and they have a couple of them down at the Sunbury Motor Company. Yes, those are the real R trucks. If you're going to be hauling something, or you really going to scratch up the bed with stuff, uh, these are the ones to use. Uh, they also got the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. That's for the rest of us dogs to use. Uh, they specialize in all types of service there, state inspections, alignment, nitrogen, body work. Well, not at the quick lane, but over at the body shop. They got a parts department that's just crazily uh, filled up with uh, Ford parts, plus a lot of other parts. Hyundai and Kia. They got nitrogen for tires, which means your tires last longer, or run cooler, lose less air pressure from summer to winter and back and forth, and so that's nitrogen. It's bigger molecule doesn't escape as easily, I guess, and less susceptible to heat, and that's at the quick lane, but sunburymotors.com, Ford, Hyundai, and Kia. I'll talk very briefly here about the Hyundai Santa Cruz. If you haven't seen it, it's a tiny pickup truck. I don't know what else to call it. They call it subcompact, but it's a pickup truck. has about a five-foot bed, maybe four. No, four by four. The bed is four feet long, so and it's only about five feet wide, uh, but if you're just hauling, uh, you know, garbage bags or a rocking chair or something like that around, it would be helpful. I could probably put the Hyundai Santa Cruz into the back of my truck, and you could certainly tow it with your truck. So yes. uh, these are, uh, it's it, for the right person, they have to be less than $40,000. The top-end price, fully tricked out, even with leather seats, is $39,000. Entry level, how about this, $23,000 for a Hyundai Santa Cruz reliable, small pickup truck. They only come in all-wheel drive, so you're never going to have to worry about switching or the big differential or anything like that. And I think they're a fun-looking car. Uh, 30 miles a gallon on the highway, upper teens in the city, and just a fabulous feature of the Hyundai Santa Cruz available at the Sunbury Motor Company. All right, some very brief news headlines here. Details are emerging about that crash last weekend where a car ran into a horse and buggy. A half a dozen people were hurt there. No medical treatment information on the individuals, one, at least one of whom was seriously hurt on the buggy. Uh, they had a Stauffer family from Mount Pleasant Mills. A car ran into that buggy last week on Route 522, and we have the details at WKOK.com. Actually, that was this week. It was a Dalmatia woman that stepped in front of a fire truck yesterday. Uh, she was the woman that, uh, let's see, cursory reports indicated was involved in a crash and then uh, inadvertently, or perhaps, uh, well, stepped in front of a first responding truck. Uh, her name, Rebecca Wenrick of Dalmatia. Are public schools in Pennsylvania being fully funded and equitable? That's the question at the heart uh, of a court case in Commonwealth Court. The constitutionality of public school funding in Pennsylvania was the issue before Commonwealth Court Judge Rene Jubilier. At issue was a lawsuit brought by a consortium of groups, including parents, six school districts, the PA Association of Rural and Small Schools, and the state conference of the NAACP. They argue their current formula violates the state constitution, which requires that lawmakers provide, quote, a thorough and efficient system. Arguments before the judge wrapped up on Tuesday. There's no word on when a ruling would be issued. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, Mamet Oz popped up in Philadelphia over the weekend. It's like whack-a-mole. He showed up. Uh, he was in North Philadelphia to talk to pastors about violence in their communities. The celebrity doctor visited Kensington, the center of the opioid epidemic, to introduce himself to people struggling with addiction. He told Republicans at a barbecue in the Northeast that his opponent's support for sanctuary cities would make them less safe. Uh, there's an extremely long article about this uh, post 
posted at WKOK.com from the Philadelphia Inquirer. John Fetterman, for his end, has attended several in-person fundraisers, but has yet to do any events with voters, where large numbers of voters can be present. He did participate in a pop-up volunteer event earlier this month, unannounced. He's done one press interview since his May 13th stroke. So the Inquirer wants to see a little Fetterman here. They're wondering, where's John, is uh, I think the question that's being asked in there. And the GDP, or gross domestic product, basically measures the value of goods and services introduced here in the U.S., kind of like how companies uh, tell you how they are doing profitably. Yesterday's report on the economy is that the economy is shrinking, perhaps not and much surprise there, but what is most noteworthy, that's two consecutive shrinking quarters in a row, which is either the de facto or accurately uh, definition of recession. What's your view on that? That is the traditional definition of a recession. Um, When you look at the six or eight uh, economic factors, uh, not all of them are negative yet. Uh, About half of them are negative. But GDP is the total sum of goods and services uh, generated in the United States month by month. So two negative quarters. our economy requires growth. Yes, it does. And we've had two quarters of shrinkage. Earlier this year, when you and I talked, uh, I actually felt that the second quarter might bounce back. Uh, Sometimes you have a bad quarter, um, and it did bounce back a little bit. It was uh, 1.5 the previous month or quarter and 0.9 this quarter. So... um, uh, but it's still 2.5% shrinkage so far this year, which is not a good thing. Payrolls have held pretty steady, but commodity prices have crashed, which is a future indicator that they're not going to be using as many. Gas prices are down, but that's that's good uh, in a way, but it also signals that, that there's people aren't moving around as much. Right, we're not going to the store as much to buy junk. Correct. So uh, Walmart and other major employers have uh, announced that they will be laying people off. Uh, Wall Street firms have been laying people off. This is never good. So this is go- – and, and the – the wholesale inflation last month, while the retail inflation was over 9 percent, wholesale inflation was over 11 percent. So last month's wholesale is going to be reflected in this next month's retail. So the, the inflation is not under control. Uh, we had another major uh, uh, rate increase. Uh, the yield curve on bonds is inverted. The longer the bond period, the higher typically the higher the interest rate because if you want me to buy a 30-year U.S. Treasury, I'm going to ask you for more interest than if I'm buying a a two-year. So the two-year and every time, virtually every time but one in the last hundred years where the two-year Treasury bond rate is higher than the 10-year a recession has followed. And it flashed once or twice a little earlier in the year, but it's been inverted now for three weeks in a row. So, I mean, there's lots of clouds on the horizon. We haven't maybe really felt the effects of of, of recession yet. Tons of mixed news. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and that was the, you know, Janet Yellen was, I told you she was on the TV two times. I mean, she lists a half a dozen things that are still strong, labor market and wages and things, and she listed a half a dozen things that are plummeting or weak or still terrible. And she even included energy prices, separating gas prices, saying they're going down, that's clear. But all the other energy prices, like we're going to be right. headed for 
an expensive winter. Yes. Right. Get your heating bill this winter. 1-800. Yeah, well, our budget already went up. We use natural gas, and, and they already too. said, look, you're going you're gonna to be struggling in February, so we're going to up your budget now. So, you know, our August natural gas uses is 200 bucks or something like that, which is crazy high. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for waiting all this time. I do have to take a break, but we're going to put you on the radio, then hey, take the break. You all that time, and then take to take a break. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm behind. But that's all right. You go first. I you, This this is a giveaway to you, so just say thank you and start talking. Point two percent. I wonder if that's in the margin of error. But uh, uh, it's not a survey. It's an actual measurement. It's what? It's not within the measure uh, margin of error. It's an actual measurement. It's not a survey. Yeah, but you, they collect data, and usually a lot of that gets corrected a month or two down the road. You but in any case, uh, point, uh, and uh, so it's a, a very minor recession, I suppose you could say, so far. But in any case, uh, you guys believe in this great reset? Does that, did I hear you guys right? <clears throat> I believe very much that people are talking about it. I wouldn't say I believe it, but I do know that... Uh, uh, let's see, 1.5% of the global population... Hold on. 1.5% of the global population believes it. John, you go ahead. We have a, a group of elites that would like to make that happen. Uh, they gather in day What happened, exactly? Well, they want a one-world government. They want... They be- oh, jeez. Uh, listen. Can uh, it, can it. Stop. Please, <laughs> okay. just stop. Right there. You want world the world government cooperating? Yes. You want a world that's uh, all bringing up because if you have poverty in one part of the world, you're going to get wars there, right? But you guys are worried about this fictional thing. Have you of, have of you, a few socialistic programs that help people going to ruin the country and cause a great reset and take all your freedoms away, and then. You don't worry about the Nobody said party that. that backed the president that just tried to steal the election and the guy who's governor running for governor who has a chance of winning being <laughs> the point man for that in in the Pennsylvania? And you don't worry about that? Or do you worry about that? All right, let's let John speak. Go ahead, sir. Are you ready or you want to <laughs> you just want to listen to Chris? Number one. Hold on, John. There's Chris. If you have read, what? if you have read what the people at Davos have written, what they want is a one-world government, not individual governments, but they want a super government over all of the other governments that will regulate our lives completely. They'll regulate trade, they'll they'll regulate economic matters, and so forth. So it's only a couple thousand people, but that's what they want. And if you if you dismiss that as as ridiculous, you're not paying attention to what they're saying. And it's it's doers are in the group. It's all recognizable names. Absolutely, it's, it's Bill not, Gates, and it's you know right. it's, it's not John Shipman. It's all the super rich. It's all the super rich. Too. All right, Chris, your response. Go right ahead. So we're going to have the same government as China. You're telling me. I don't know that, the, you know, from what I... That's what they want? It's, what, what are you saying? I mean, that's just nonsense. They, China's going to join with us as the one world government? Well, just because you think it's nonsense... Just because you I think mean, it's nonsense doesn't doesn't and, mean and it isn't. You think of what I just said. <clears throat> are, you concerned about, are you concerned about the president who tried to steal an election and was backed by a whole party, or two-thirds of a whole party? 
And you have a governor guy running for governor who was his point man in Pennsylvania for sending fake electors. Well, let me tell you, I'm a Republican, and I've talked to a lot of Republicans, and I would say that maybe 10 or 15 percent of Republicans actually believe that the election was stolen. There are other people who believe that there was some monkey business going on. But to say that two-thirds of Republicans believe that uh, you've been watching CNN too much. No, the two-thirds are the ones who voted against uh, certifying the election. There are 147 Republicans in the House who voted against the election. That's about two-thirds of them, right? Mm. Am I wrong there? I'm not talking about the, the wackos in, in Washington. I'm talking about the Republicans in Pennsylvania. Oh, so your Pennsylvania. party's wackos are in Washington? They're all wackos. Are, all are the Democrats. It's bipartisan. It's a bipartisan issue. All the, the people in Congress are all wackos. I don't think that there's a half a dozen that, that aren't wackos. And then, you think, and then you think the Davos people are crazy. And you think our whole government is wackos. I mean, John, you're a reasonable man. Does that sound like a reasonable thing to say? How many how many moderates are in you you answer this question. How many moderates are left in Congress? I think uh, quite a 20? few on the Democratic side, 20? very few on the Republican. Oh wait a minute. Eighty percent of Democrats self-identify as socialists, so you know that's not a fair statement. Eighty representatives. Eighty representatives. Eighty. No. You think eighty percent of Democrats in Congress? Eight. The number eighty, not eighty percent. Eighty Congress people on the Democratic side self-identify as socialists. Bernie I can Sanders... I about seven or eight of them. No, well, you, you look it up. I don't it's know who, 80, else, who else you're talking about. Eighty of them. Nonsense. Oh, there's Warnick and a whole bunch of them. You, you, you look it up. Eighty, eighty people out of... Oh, well, four, yeah, that, yeah. So there's like, what, four in the Senate? Three in the Senate? One in the Senate. That's one-fiftieth. Well... Right. All together out of out of. And he doesn't even list himself as a Democrat. All right, listen. So you're wrong there too. All right, listen for a moment, Chris. Go ahead. Well, you're right. He's a socialist, and he but he caucuses with Democrats. But 80 people in the House and Senate self-identify as socialists. Okay, that's not my what I'm saying. That's what they say. They self-identify as socialists. So that's about 20 percent. If you look at 80 people and you have about 435 people total in Congress and the Senate, you know, that's about 20% of the people in our federal government that are making our laws self-identify as socialists. All right, Chris, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. So 20 in the House and one in the Senate, that's 21. I didn't say 20. There's 80 people total between the House and the Senate, 80 out of 435. And the socialism they, did, they, they identify is not the socialism you're talking about that uh, take, is having a one-world government. So you're confusing terms there. No, you are. He's just talking about two different things. Chris, we got to hit the road, but thank you. And you never answered my question. You really think the Republicans, two-thirds of Republicans aren't in on it. Say that again? I give up. Okay. I give up. What, right. what, how can you talk to people who say things like that? All right, we got you, Chris. Thank you so I'm much sorry. for calling in. Bye. All right, here is the promise to break. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've had quite a few emails coming in, so let's uh, read them. One of our listeners says, Tom says, yay, Chris. John is lost in the woods. The economy is pretty good. Wall Street is not and never was the economy itself, says uh, Tom. Well, and I think what happens is we end up talking about two different things, at two di- three or four different things at the same time, and that doesn't help anybody. Nobody gets their point across. Uh, another listener says, John should tell Chris to stifle. What a pompous person. Another one sets uh, this uh, not exactly on topic, says, any bets on who the U.S. Supreme Court leaker was? I think they already know who it is, uh, but I'll bet the farm they never get identified, let alone get punished. And it's not illegal. We sort of talked about this at the time. Broken laws for... Yeah, there's no law against what they did. The, uh, there's protocol, okay? They have broken Supreme Court protocol, which the Supreme Court is very careful to not have any information out until the actual decision is until read. Until time out. So the punishment might be losing their job uh, if they're a, you know an intern or something. But there's no law against leaking. Government people do it all the time. It's, it's just that uh, uh, it's uncommon for that to happen at the Supreme Court. Right. So I'm not sure what their punishment might be, although they probably are at-will employees within the uh, Supreme Court. Well, they could be civil service. Assuming it's a worker, uh, they might be able to be terminated there uh, as a result. Uh, let's see. Another listener says uh, WTAE-TV reports that Braddock Mayor John Fetterman, a candidate for U.S. Senate, has a history of unpaid taxes. Fetterman is running for U.S. Senate as a Democrat on his record of working to improve Braddock. He has spent thousands of dollars fixing up properties and putting them on the tax rolls. Over the years, Fetterman and a community group he heads called Braddock Redo have been hit with tax liens totaling $25,000. Fetterman owned houses in North Braddock until he sold them in the last few years. Court records reveal liens totaling $11,000 were filed against properties owned by Fetterman. So it's uh, go to WTAE.com to read that. So uh, he's not as speedy. But that is uh, th- that's like a... Um, Strategy for some landlords to pay the taxes and or don't pay the taxes until the last minute or let the next owner do it. Well, paying at the last minute is when you have a lien filed, you're probably three years behind. Oh, so the last minute has long since elapsed. Okay, I got you. So you're being taken to court. Uh, one of our listeners sends us a note. This, oh, this was from the newsroom. Doug Mastriano has paid Gabs thousands of dollars to recruit their members to join his campaign. Yeah, he's probably buying ads on Gab. He has warmly embraced Gab's founder, Andrew Torba, who has said, Torba has said of 
uh, Mastriano, we don't want people who are Jewish. This is explicitly Christian mu- mu- movement because of an explicitly Christian country. Unquote. Speaking on Mastriano's behalf, Torba made it clear that Mastriano refuses to do interviews with Jewish reporters. All right, so that's some sort of a news release or something there. Uh, another listener says, oh, there's my name in there. I am now in the, oh, this was after yesterday, one of our listeners hung up on me because I challenged her on the kneeling during uh, national anthems and uh, said it's a form of free speech, which, of course, she said, well, then you don't deserve the protection that you enjoy from the U.S. military. And one of our listeners says, I'm now in a very rare position to defend Mark. Oh, I probably should have. I probably should have read this. Anyway, it says, while portraying a bad liberal seems cute, he rarely has anything of value to contribute. Does she not know that I'm going to read this? <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, it's like, it's like I'm not even here. But anyway, and while I would not, uh, this lady says, while I would not kneel during the national anthem, I would not burn an American flag, and I would not riot my way into the U.S. Capitol, I will defend, until my dying day, people's right to do so, while Kat, that's the caller from Mifflinburg who hung up with me, uh, is rightfully upset that free speech is sometimes hideously and even grotesquely ugly. Think about the revolting art projects, etc. Let me stop there for just quick. Those revolting art projects didn't make news because they were revolting. They made news because they were partially funded by the U.S. government. Right. Art grants. So that's why they were news where they are talked about, even on this show. Anyway, uh, the lady continues that wrote us this email, says, I think the whole purpose of the U.S. Constitution and our free speech rights is to give people a chance to express their views. It might be disagreeable, but I'm not subversive for defending the Constitution. The trouble is, uh, today, conservatives have such a thin skin and can't even take the slightest disagreement without having a meltdown. I would favor a more reasonable approach, quiet protests and pushing for change. Tell Kat if she can't stand the heat, get out of the country. Ms. Adele Cliff. Yeah, I never... (laughs) tell people to get out of the country. People no. tell me to get out of the country, but that's not the right way. She does say the right thing. Isn't that funny? She says the the right way is quiet protest, but if you can't stand it, get out of the country. And and I, you know, we as a nation have freedom of speech. That means that we're free to disagree. That means that we're free to say obnoxious things. We're not free to threaten someone because that's assault. But we are free to say, but, you know, we used to be a civil country, and we are no longer civil to one another. I'm talking about both extremes. Uh, we, we shout at each other, call each other vi- terrible names, and uh, that doesn't help our, our conversation or our discussion. If you're going to reach any kind of consensus, you have to talk to each other, not shout at each other. Um, so we have free speech, and I defend that, and I agree with the you know freedom of speech, and I'm a military guy, and it, it just hurts me to see people kneel at the, when they play our national anthem. It hurts me, but they have that right. It and, might be the desired effect. Yeah. Uh, and, you never and, know. And, and, uh, but they have that right, and so uh, I'm not happy about it, but on the other hand, I'll defend their right to do it because they're Americans, and they, if they want to disrespect our flag, they can disrespect our flag. The interesting thing is all of these Hollywood people and so forth that are going to move out of the country every time the election doesn't go their way or any time some court decision doesn't, they're, all, they're still here. So, you know, <laughs> if, if you're going to threaten to leave, please uh, follow up with your threat. And if you're not intending to leave, please don't threaten to leave. <laughs> 
one of our listeners sends me a text says nobody moves to Canada because they don't like the U.S. Go south, young lady. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, nobody, no, nobody goes up to the Northwest Passage because they don't like uh, onerous government. Joseph, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. You're next. Oh yes, uh, yeah, I agree with John on that new world order. And uh, Chris, uh, I just like him to look at the the bottom of the pyramid on the one dollar bill, the almighty dollar, and read it. Now, it's in Latin. It says, Novus Auto Seclorum. Novus is new. Auto is ordered. Seclorum is society. As we would say, new world order. Not only that, but the secretary, I think it was of commerce, was on TV a couple weeks ago, and he said, uh, he quoted as being the new liberal world order. Uh, President Obama was a globalist. That President Trump was America first. This is why uh, all the the swamp was enraged with him because he was putting this country first, and that goes totally against the new world order. Okay. Now uh, I don't I don't want to say this about Chris. I don't know for sure, but I think if I heard wrong, maybe that he was an atheist. He didn't believe in the Bible. I'm not sure about that. But if he doesn't, all he needs to do, well, if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. But anyone that does believe in the Bible, if you read Revelation 13 and Revelation 20, it talks about a new world order, that everybody will have to receive a mark, the name, the number of the beast, government system, in their right hand or their forehead, probably a computer chip, and that they cannot conduct commerce, buy or sell, except they have this number or mark of the government system, beast. And all governments refer themselves as beast. We're we're the eagle, Russia's a bear, Great Britain's a lion, China's a dragon, because of their uh, (laughs) beast-like characteristics. And not only that, if you do not go along with the government when this comes into play, read Revelation 20, it says, they are decapitated for not taking the mark, the name, the number of the beast. You're going to be, uh, there's going to be a death sentence, and you're going to have your head cut off for not taking the mark of the beast. Now, that's what right. the Bible says. If you don't believe that, well, that's up to you. But if you believe the Bible, you've got to believe there's going to be a new world order. All right, well, let me stop you there. Should we, what can we do to make sure that the new world order does not take over? You're not going to do anything because it's foretold it will take over. No, it's so it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just like the death of Messiah. Uh, Peter wanted to stood up and said, we won't allow him to do this. And Yeshua told him, get behind me, Satan. You right, don't so savor the things of Yahweh. You're so an no, offense on There's me. nothing we so can do about it. It had to happen. It's it was inevitable. foretold. It okay. was written in the Word that it's going to happen. Right. It will come to pass. Now, right. uh, President Trump, I think, forestayed it uh, a little bit that uh, it's going to come to pass. And uh, it, by the way, after the flood in Noah's time, no, 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 they no, had no. a new world order. Everybody right. was hunky-dory. It was a one-world religion, a one-world political order. All right, hold and on. the Almighty came down and confounded their language. And from that day until this, they've been striving to get this new world order back, back in place again. All right. Thank you so much, Joseph. Yeah, well, Very much appreciate your reaction. Well, I think that, that we're trying to that's trying to move that way. Uh, one of the things that's sort of flying under the radar right now is that President Biden has a, a, a committee who's studying doing away with cash. 
Now, you say, well, that's just, you know, what cash is. But the fact of the matter is it's more about control than doing away with cash. Because if you have a lawnmower and you want to sell me and I can come up with 60 bucks to buy it, um, I, I can do that. I have uh, some Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> or, or maybe you have 20 lawnmowers that you want to sell. Okay. And so uh, the, the thinking is that, well, people use this to... to uh, advert taxes, avoid taxes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that when the government controls everything that you, and it's getting close to that. I mean, we, we don't really understand how deeply the government is embedded. They know all about your personal, but they know what you spend. Uh, you know, they can find out all the checks you wrote and all the credit charges you made and, and every phone call you made and every place you went. Uh, but when they take away cash, there's no, you can't resist the government anymore. Uh, except maybe do some barter. All right, 1-800. Harry, last caller before a quickie break. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. I, I, I think what uh, you know what we're talking about here is is no longer about uh, about political parties. It's about ideology, and 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 in some respects, it's kind of uh, it's almost. It's almost humorous because you have somebody like Chris, whose whose world order is very very simple. Worldview is very simple. It's all Donald Trump and Republicans' fault. Then you have somebody like uh, Trump and Mastriano, where it's very simple. It's all Democrats' fault. And and in the simple fact of the matter, what the Great Divide has become is there is no personal responsibility for our actions. And we want to depend on the government to give us money and to give us free things. Well, when the government gives you something for free, there's about 20 other charges that will come for it. And until we have anybody with any kind of coherent thought, not just in government, but in day-to-day life, that ain't going to get better. All right. We got you, Harry. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. You still there? Nope. I guess we lost him. All right. What? Maybe hung up? Maybe that was an exclamation point at the end of this sentence. Said what he had to say. All right. Hold on, callers. We're going to have two more callers, and then we'll be done for the week. We're going to read some emails, uh, but we'll take uh, we'll take these two callers when we come back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. Thank you, uh, everybody, for joining us on WKOK's On the Mark. I'll thank in advance John Shipman for carving out uh, 90 minutes of on-air time, so more than two hours of his busy Friday. Let's Always get, a pleasure. Let's get right to the phones. Uh, Cindy, you are next. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Are you there, Cindy? On the mark. 
Going once, going twice. Yep, we got the pot up. All right, we'll go to Paul. I can hear you, oh. Mark. Can oh, you that, hear me? Yep, now we got you. Go ahead. You can hear me now. Yep, it's a miracle. <laughs> Great. I wanted to um, to share some facts with the good listeners, because when I listen to these conversations about are we socialists and do we spend enough on social programs, I, d- I think it should be predicated on, well, where are we now? Don't you think? We ought to say, well, how much are we spending now before we think we've spent enough? So right now, just the federal government, 51%, 51% of federal spending goes just to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Obamacare subsidies, and other health programs. More than half. And how much? Well, the federal budget before the COVID crisis, $4 trillion. So we spend more than $2 trillion just on health care spending and that and social security and that doesn't even touch how much we spend on public education nor does it reflect the country's spending when you take into consideration local and state spending on those same issues so we're spending huge huge unfathomable amounts of money on these issues to describe any american as insensitive or uncaring is ridiculous we're bankrupting ourselves doing this. You We're are, bankrupting ourselves. You are correct. And uh, for uh, some of those programs, not Social Security, but for, for Medicaid, uh, the states uh, contribute about 50%, and the feds contribute about 50 cents. So think about how much more this each state uh, puts toward those programs, and you just begin to see how massive these programs really are. And they're highly popular, and unfortunately, most most people are very reluctant to reduce them. You've got uh, 50 million, 55 million Americans now on Social Security and uh, 10 million a day uh, turning 65, and uh, to, to vote to cut Social Security is almost like voting to vote yourself out of office. Well, and some people will say, well, hey, Cindy, I worked all my life and I paid into Medicare, and so I'm just getting back my money. True with the exception of the fact that the vast majority of people who collect Medicare collect far more than they ever paid in. So you're getting far more. It's kind of like a lottery. You're getting paid back huge amounts of money towards your health care that you didn't pay in. Just saying, you know. And what happened to all the money that we paid in as we worked, right? Good, honest souls. Well, the uh, people who are consider themselves of infinite wisdom and I would beg to differ on that issue down there in D.C., <laughs> they took that money and they threw it in the general pot. Yep. And so they spend it on wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. They spend it on sending trillion, you know, billions of dollars to the Ukraine. They spend it on museums and art projects, all of which then it's gone when your bill comes in. Yep. It's not there when you want your Social Security payment for the month. It's not there anymore. They Bennett on other things. Why did they do that? Well, because they knew that the only other way to provide these programs, as they've outlined them, was to raise taxes, was to tax seniors, was to tax working people even more than they are now. Because even if we 
taxed almost to the penny, the wealthy, it will not begin to cover this bill. Now, I'm all for raising taxes on wealthy people, and I have said it on this we, show repeatedly. We have to if stop you, here if shortly. If your income exceeds the state median income, you should be paying taxes, and I don't care where your money comes from, pension, Social Security, all right, we got to get another uh, call on. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. Really appreciate it. All right, uh, Paul, last caller of the week. Go right ahead. Okay, I just wanted to call about the nine, uh, the, uh, I mean, excuse me, the January 6th committee and um, Representative Liz Cheney's theory that um, Donald Trump was working with violent groups and uh, it was his plan to have them interrupt the counting of the votes at the Capitol. Chase Patel is the uh, uh, chief of staff for, or of the Department of Defense, and if you listen to his testimony, he tells you that there was a meeting at the White House on January the 3rd, and they had information on uh, chatter of the violence that was going to take place on January the 6th. Donald Trump authorized 20,000 uh, National Guard he could not put them on the street. That was left to Mayor Bowser, the the Capitol Police, and the administration of uh, of Nancy Pelosi at the House and so forth. And everybody's saying, like, why didn't the president do different things on January the 6th? He had already done everything he could do on January the 3rd, and it wasn't until the Capitol Police finally invited the National Guard that they came in and they got rid of the rioters at the Capitol and so forth. All right, if we they'd have listened to the security plans that that hey, group Paul, made. Hey, Paul, call us back on Monday and finish that thought. Good good stuff. We'll need to know more. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. We good really to see you, Mark. It. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll have uh, the uh, the Duke of Edinburgh call us one day about yeah. the Great Reset. Yeah. <laughs> this is WK, okay, Sunbury. <laughs>